I'm going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home, Beltran. That's why I am telling everyone about the 40-hour workweek with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one, and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching, and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too. But that was just the beginning. In her membership, The 40-Hour Workweek, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive workday and then go home. Angela helps teachers find, on average, 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching, to create the 40-hour work week for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40-hour week and get your time back. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. coaches. This is our third back to school episode and it's going to be a good one. So far this month, I've given you an overview of what you can do in the first 20 days to build a solid foundation for coaching all year in episode 114. In episode 115, we talked about the big picture of transformational coaching, which is one coaching process that you can use with your teachers. Now we're going to start with a truly foundational piece, the principal coach relationship. This relationship is an imperative part of any coaching program. Here today to help me dig into this topic are the authors of the EduCoach Survival Guide, Lindsay Deacon and Angela Harkness. So welcome to the podcast, Angela and Lindsay. Hey, hi. Thank you so much for joining us today because I'm really excited. I know I say that all the time, but I'm excited because this is coming out in August. It's going to help people do some really foundational things that they need to do to start their year strong and to build a really solid coaching foundation for the whole year. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Oh, we're happy to be here. Yeah. Hi, great. Uh, Could you introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe talk a little bit about who each of you are, how you ended up here and what kind of work you focus on? Sure. Yeah. No, you go. (laughs) I'm I'm first. I'm Angela. Um, So I first became interested in instructional coaching because I had a really great coach um, early in my teaching career. I actually had a couple coaches Mm -hmm. and um, I literally would like knock down their door in the morning and be like, I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you about this lesson or like I'm having this, you know, issue here. And they were really great at thought partnering and providing really concrete advice or next steps, or just like, have you considered this or have you considered that? And so um, I actually had an opportunity to be a coach um, and I've done a variation of coaching, school improvement specialist, uh, ELD specialist, um, behavior. Angela always gets hired to do something (laughs) and then they end up like switching her into something else. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That could be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a little bit of that. She's got um, a lot of experience. <laughs> I have, yes. Um, so yeah, so I've, um, this year I'm a 
officially an instructional coach, which I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Um, that means a lot of subbing, but that's okay because that's what the building needs for me this year. So, um, yeah. And Lindsay at one point was my coach. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. My journey was a little bit different where, uh, I had a great coach, but we, Angela and I, we were the same in the same school. We were teachers, like new teachers together. Mm -hmm. And, um, when my principal said, Hey, would you like to be the coach? Because our coach was leaving. You want to fill that position? I was like, great, but what the heck does a coach even do? Um, so they sent me out to Kansas to get trained by Jim Knight way back. And that really started my journey, um, where I've been able to be a coach, uh, and then go back to teaching and coach and go back to teaching. And, um, several years ago, I worked for, uh, in Portland at the district office, developing a coaching program for our title one schools. And then when COVID happened and the shutdown happened, I just knew I needed to go back to the teaching to really feel like what this was going to be like. So the last two years I've been in the classroom teaching sixth grade and then next year I'll be back into coaching. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between the two of us, we've just had a lot of different roles, which is also why we ended up co-authoring a book on coaching as well, <laughs> just because I felt like um, we've experienced so many similar things in coaching together. And so like, why not? get out there and (laughs) write about it. Yeah. I love the way that your book is structured. We can talk a little bit more about that. Um, You can really walk us through it at at any point, really, (laughs) that you want to. But I, I really love the way that you have it organized by these different problems, like coaching dilemmas. I just love that because they are truly common things that coaches deal with, regardless of what your coaching role looks like on your campus, because coaches look very different yeah. depending on, you know, the model or the school or the district or whatever, but you know, the way that you've got it structured, people are going to find value in those questions because everybody's going to have at least some, many of those problems, really probably everybody's going to have most of those problems mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point, which is like the unfortunate part. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, I mean, we actually, we had even other scenarios that didn't even make it into the book, but, um, you know, we had a lot of coaches submit things to us, but when I was coaching coaches at the district office, I there were days where I was like, man, I am answering the same question for coaches all day. They're experiencing the same things. It doesn't matter whether they're elementary or they're high school, mm-hmm. or if they're an ELD coach, like everybody was experiencing a lot of the same kinds of, um, more like, you know, working with adult problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a huge shift that you have to make and you know, I keep, this theme keeps coming up on on the podcast of great teachers are just thrust in the coaching position, and then they're expected to be great coaches. Yeah, mm-hmm. for without, sure. Yeah, without any kind of you know, this is how it's going to be different, and this is mm-hmm. how you can prepare. And you know, I mean, people are just like, oh, well, you were great in the classroom. I'm sure you'll be great, you know, supporting yeah. teachers, and it doesn't just transfer necessarily. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had the pleasure of working for some amazing principals, and then mm-hmm. maybe like some. Some like less fun experiences with leadership, right? Yeah. So I don't want to say that our book, like, or any of the things we talk about are like only the problems, because mm-hmm. I feel like we've really been able to work with exemplars too, mm-hmm. which has really helped inform how we know things can work really well. Right. That's true. If, if you only ever saw the worst of everything, yeah. you might not ever be able to get out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As I was thinking about some of the most important things to talk about with you, the idea of the principal-coach relationship and agreement came up over and over as I was kind of like looking through some of your Instagram material, you know, reading up on your book. Um, uh, that just seems like a really essential coaching um, foundational piece to have because so many coaching problems stem from that relationship 
and yeah. that understanding being faulty or lacking. So could mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, I think we probably, I've worked with at least probably going on like 12 or 13 administrators at this point. Uh, yeah, any like working as at the district office, you know, I'd work alongside multiple administrators every day. And so um, the role of coaching was just always, it just always seemed to like depend on the arbitrary like opinions or knowledge of who the principal was. And I think that that was a, that was a big surprise for me as a coach was, oh, uh, I'm not just working with teachers. I'm also having to work with my administrator in a completely different way. And I was not prepared for that really mm -hmm. at all. And I think that that is just, um, that's just something that I've seen. And, and I'm this year, I'm one of my personal goals is focusing on communication. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually had the opportunity at the be well, towards the beginning, not at the very beginning, because we were kind of readjusting to mm -hmm. COVID, but um near the beginning of the year had the opportunity to sit down with our team and literally made a copy of these. Yes. I was like, oh, I already have them here. Uh, made a copy of the agreements. And like, as a team, we sat down and we discussed yeah. them. We spent like an hour discussing each part of the agreement or of the agreements. And we have frequently called back to them when yeah. there is an issue or when someone is not at the meeting or when did we decide like if, if this is a decision uh, conversation or if this is just a problem solve or kind of you know yeah. thinking it out conversation and so um that has really helped when things get sticky because things will always get sticky yes <laughs> just the nature yeah. of the job um and so i've found it really helpful to like make time on the schedule mm -hmm. and say like we're gonna sit down as a team and spend an hour doing this because even this is kind of kind of a low lift uh, you know, kind yes. of an hour or so commitment that we have called back to. Um, yeah, so I think like just having agreements too. I mean, it just sets up a working relationship that's going to be healthier no matter, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. like if we're going to have agreements with teachers as, you know, mm -hmm. as coaches, then I think also like we should have them with our principal, you know, what's, mm -hmm. what's confidential? What mm -hmm. are we going to share? Like, mm -hmm. when is it okay to cancel a meeting? Mm -hmm. A lot of those basic things because if we can make those agreements ahead of time, I think we alleviate a lot of the other kind of mm -hmm. awkward, weird issues mm -hmm. that come up later. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I will also say though, that like I've worked with a lot of coaches where they had a copy of like our mm -hmm. principal coaching agreements, you know, like the, the template or they have something else that they developed and they couldn't even get the principal mm -hmm. to sit down and make those agreements, mm -hmm. which really then I think is like right away, red flag, red flag. Like you really have to back up and think about the effectiveness of your coaching program. Mm -hmm. If you have administrators who don't even know how to make time for the coach, mm -hmm. which I think yeah, it's, huge. it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's pretty terrible. Um, and, but that's true. I do have, I do know coaches whose principals are very kind of dismissive and they're like, yeah. well, just go do your job, go do your coaching yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it can sadly, you know, it can be done, but with the principal is like the instructional leader of the yeah. building. It's yeah. so important to have that mm -hmm. just boundary understanding yes. clarity. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, as coaches, it's really important for us to be able to inform our principals more on what coaching is because mm -hmm. they, they're already so busy yeah. doing a million other things and managing a million other parts of the school 
that uh, they don't necessarily have a ton of time for the coach. So as a coach, it's just being really strategic and like, well, if you're gonna work with me here, here's these agreements, let's make these agreements. And this is how long it'll probably take. And I think most principals would probably appreciate the efficiency mm-hmm. of that as well. Yeah. So can you describe that? And you're kind of, you're hinting at it a lot and talking a lot about this process. Can yeah. you describe how coaches can create this principal coach agreement that ensures everybody knows what everybody's responsibilities are? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually about to do it myself um, for next year. So here's the plan because I think this is this is a good way to do it is ahead of time. So, you know, if it's August, just sometime in the summer before school starts, ideally to really make some protected time to sit down with your principal and talk about what's the coaching program going to look like this year. And let's let's come up with some agreements. And so in our particular temp- template, you know, we just talk about expectations we have for coaching in general and, you know, who should the coach be working with? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then also when and how often would the coach and the principal meet? And what would we talk about? What would we share? So to just kind of walk through those. And I think just to have an open conversation about beliefs about coaching, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like a debate, you know, we're just mm-hmm. getting together and meeting. Mm-hmm. And this is before that wild time of the school mm-hmm. year. So you've sat down and really thought about it so that when things really start happening, mm-hmm. you can both start moving into doing your job and you already have agreements set. Mm-hmm. That being said, if it's later in the year, if it's January, <laughs> you can still be like, whoa, time out. I mm-hmm. think we need to sit down Mm -hmm. and just have some protected time to talk about what is the purpose of coaching and let's set some, set some of these agreements. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, um, I think we just know from experience Mm -hmm. that your coaching will be less effective. You Mm -hmm. have to have principal support. Jim Knight says that all the time. You have to have (laughs) principal support. You do. Yeah, you absolutely do. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of those things that are on your, your list? Like you mentioned confidentiality, what's confidential, what is okay to be shared, things like that. Yeah. So we have, um, we kind of broke it down into a couple different sections. So we have in our coaching partnership, what roles will we take on? And this talks about like expectation, which this actually helped me was like, what, what does the principal expect that I am doing? Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful. Cause then I, I was kind of able to say, okay, this is I'm trying really hard to stay in my coaching lane and not take on other projects. So like that is yeah. helpful for me to say, I literally put them on a board and put them on my, behind my desk. And I'm like, okay, these yeah. are my expected or my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like, how often will we meet when and where that was really important this year, because oftentimes our meeting location is it's used for multiple purposes. And so we just have a direct backup location that we can go to mm-hmm. um, if the room's full, um, how, when, when will we communicate? Um, we did, uh, we have an email that, that we get send out that just like, just resends the, up, uh, resends the, um, weekly agenda. And so it's the same email stream. And so that's been really helpful because then everyone just on Tuesday or the day before puts their item on. Um, I think also because in that part, you, you sit down, you really look at the school calendar too. So if you're going to yeah. meet on Fridays, traditionally, you might then go, oh, but also look at these holidays that might be on a Friday or it's a teacher yeah. planning day that might be a little bit different. So it's just taking a moment to really like look bigger picture at the structure of your meetings mm-hmm. and be realistic. You know, my, and my yeah. boss, I had a principal whenever I was a new coach and she used to say, it's so much easier to take something off the calendar than to add it on. So Ooh. let's put it on there and we can always take it off if we need to, but if it's not on there, it's not going to get added. Totally. That's really good. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's so yeah. true. Good one. <laughs> Um, let's see what else. Oh, we have, um, will we communicate any of this to teachers, which I think is kind of that transparency piece Mm -hmm. as far as like, 
accomplishments and celebrations. Mm -hmm. um, and then also kind of that confidentiality piece, like what is not communicated, what is confidential? Like I, as a coach, what will I not share with the principal? Mm -hmm. um, we often use the term the vault. Like, yeah. yeah, put it yeah. in the vault. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> that's, yep. <laughs> Um, and then how will we know what to focus on? That's kind of another important piece. Cause mm -hmm. when you sit down with administrator, you could talk about, you know, promotion, yeah. or you could talk about, you know, the site council or yeah. the COVID. latest COVID. <laughs> and so like really streamlining, what are these meetings about if we're going to have them regularly? Yeah. Um, and then my favorite one I am working on is mm -hmm. how do we monitor our progress? Mm -hmm. Like how do we process check throughout? And that's something quite frankly, we're still building. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of something that's on top of my mind is like building in that time for a reflection yeah. so rather than just, you know, steaming forward with an idea or mm -hmm. whatnot. I think it just really sets the stage for healthy working relationships because the principal that I have right now, we have an amazing relationship, but I'm still really getting to know him. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you can't expect that right away. You're just going to like automatically have the same style or the same expectations about what coaching is. So you got to develop that together. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, I mean, you're talking a little bit about like the agreement specifically, what does the relationship look like when it's really effective, a good coaching principle relationship? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, well, I have had the spectrum Yeah. in the last the 10, yes. this is what, 17 years, 18 years is a, yeah. 17. Um, so I would say like kind of a form of harmony which um, yeah. I mean, being able to give and take mm -hmm. feedback, uh, constructive criticism, yeah. um, being able to, you know, not be nervous and shaking when I'm about to, you know, share some, you know, like, here's what I experienced when this happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to joke. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I was totally thinking that. It was like, for me, optimal that we laugh together. Yeah. That might not be to everybody's values, but I think that having fun and actually looking forward mm -hmm. to each other's company is an important mm -hmm. part of a working relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, each, each uh, you know, as you're building that, each yeah. little uh, time together is like a little coin in the bank, you know? And yeah. like, one something I've built into our meetings is um, I do have an urgent and important, just like if there's something that's urgent, like let's just name it, mm -hmm. you know, that might take precedent. If might not want it to, but that's that's also identified. So it's named and kind of off of the pressure. Mm -hmm. um, but then also that like everyone goes around and does a check-in, like yeah. just how you shown up, what was something funny that happened over the weekend, like what's on your mind. Yeah. And those kind of little things, like I found out fun little facts and experiences that other people on the team have had. And so that's been connection points. Yeah. I just um, did a, like a Twitter chat that Jim Knight's instructional coaching group put on just a couple nights ago. And uh, he really, I think he, I feel like he posed this question as well, something along those lines. And I really liked that a lot of people said that they felt like, uh, you know, you have to care professionally and personally about the people you work with. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a, that's a role model to the rest of your staff as well. Mm -hmm. So I think also as a coach that you are very keyed in to like, where is your principal mm -hmm. right now as well? Because sometimes you do need to read the room mm -hmm. and realize that um, the agenda that you walked in with might actually not be mm -hmm. like the most pressing thing on the principal's plate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that, like gently steering them into like where they need to be, but at the same time being willing to abandon if it's just not the right thing. 
-hmm. Yeah, I could, I mean, walking into a group of teachers, you know, that's like the same thing, being aware of what you're working with and where they are and what they're dealing with at that moment, because sometimes, yeah, asking at the wrong time or bringing something up at the wrong time will get you the answer you don't want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned before that coaches need to be advocates for for coaching and what it looks like. What can a coach do if their principal doesn't understand what coaches are supposed to do and doesn't support them in their work with teachers or or if they kind of peg them in an administrative role instead of a coaching role? What can a coach do to address that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've done um, is I'll print, like like Jim Knight has uh, an article, what good coaches do, you know, and what great coaches do that he's had for a long time. You know, it's only two pages. And I will print that and then um, slip that into my principal's (laughs) box, you know, like a week ahead of time. Hey, I'd love it if you could get a chance to read this so we can talk about it, you know, in our next meeting. Or I might ask, you know, what experience do you have in coaching or like what, you know, and if, you know, sometimes that's a hard question for principals because either they don't want to admit that they don't know about Mm -hmm. coaching or maybe they were a coach 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and think some of the things have evolved or changed. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying that, well, this is my belief in coaching, or that's your belief in coaching, but thinking about like, let's do a little bit of reading together. Like, can you read this article or watch this webinar? Mm -hmm. And then we can just talk about it. What do you think about this? I think that's a good way to come together Mm -hmm. in a discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have like, like, they call it like triangulation where you have another you know, article of something, evidence that you're, artifact that you're looking at together. So you can talk about that instead of talk about each of you. That's a good way. (laughs) I like that. And I think uh, sometimes uh, an administrator might come to a building that already has a coach. And so maybe there's a program already established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the principal might hire specifically be either on the committee or maybe create an FTE for having that position. And so in that case, there's, you know, that kind of their depth of knowledge of coaching might be different. And so I think that's a really even good way, even if they do know what coaching is, like, do they know you as a coach? And yeah. so yeah. being able to, because we're all different. Um, yeah. Being able to have that. Yeah, there. that's true. I remember a friend of mine, I bumped into her after her first year of coaching. It was like, I don't know, February or something. And so she had been in the school for a while and I was like, how's it going? And she said, um, I don't know. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, well, you know how you think you're doing what your principal wants? And then they tell you that that's not what they wanted. So then you do a different thing and that's not what they wanted either. What advice did you have for her? Well, we, I just was, this was years ago before I was a coach. So no. it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. Now yeah. If I, I don't remember honestly what I told her. At yeah. That time. yeah. So it was just a passing conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like, a workshop walking down a hallway um but um but now I probably would say well you know have you told him that <laughs> yeah. yeah did you yeah. ask like you know maybe you should have a meeting and kind of talk about it or set up a time to figure out what it is that he expects of you you know and how he wants you is, is it certain situations that you're not handling the way he expected or yeah. is it um certain tasks that you're not doing the way he thought or certain responsibilities you didn't know were yours what is yeah. it that, where's the miscommunication happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. would say something that kind of a little bit having authored a book on this now yeah. <laughs> and also with age, I'm almost 40. And yeah. so like, I feel like there's like some confidence that comes with this yeah. as far as like that power dynamic and like yeah. this in a way kind of 
makes it everyone's on the same page and so there's like a yeah an artifact to refer back to like well hey we talked about this or you had said this mm -hmm. do we need to readjust based on this or that you know thing yeah. that was mentioned when i was a brand new coach uh our principal, she really supported coaching mm -hmm. and she was absolutely an instructional leader, but mm -hmm. I still went in every time sort of, I remember blind in the beginning, just like, do, 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 what does she want to talk about today? Mm -hmm. You know, like sh she should make the agenda because that is the expectation that I just always experienced was mm -hmm. going to her, you know, kind of going to the principal's office and those meetings, you know, in hindsight were a kind of a waste of time <laughs> because, <laughs> she was like, what do you got for me? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> and it wasn't until I really um, spent more time, um, you know, reading Jim Knight's work and mm -hmm. just more time coaching that I realized, you know, he has a, a very specific structure mm -hmm. for what a principal meeting might look like. Mm -hmm. And I started just taking the reins and was like, hey, I read this. Can we try structuring our meetings like this? And immediately she was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, I can tell that. <laughs> She was like twiddling, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. So yeah. I think a coach really should not expect that a principal has the information, mm -hmm. has the time, has the capacity, mm -hmm. or even has the want mm -hmm. to run those meetings. Sometimes they really want the coach to come in and just like lay it out. Mm -hmm. what, what should we talk about? How are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I like that. And having a structure would be really helpful. I think also for coaches who, like you mentioned, confidence, coaches mm -hmm. who are maybe lacking in that confidence mm -hmm. and who say like, I don't. I don't feel like I can take that leadership role in this dialogue. Well, if yeah. you have a document, if you have a structure, you can say, can we try this out? And it might not be as intimidating as saying, Hey, well, I was thinking maybe we could do this. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I want to, you know, also add that like, there's a lot of other factors in play because um, you know, I've had a lot of male bosses and they come across a different way, like as I'm a female going in. And so we have to think about like what the status is in those meetings as well mm -hmm. and be really aware of that. So um, it's not that that every we can just say, oh, and here's our principal agreements. Mm -hmm. Just go in and do these. Yeah. Like we totally understand that the relationships are really complex. Mm -hmm. And again, like you have to read the room in the right way. But I think um, the idea is, is that it is a separate document that's like, uh, not just your idea, right? It's like, these are best practices in coaching. So what do you think? Can we sit down? Can we try to do this? Mm -hmm. And most principals I think are, are pretty open to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, <clears throat> like who holds privilege in a conversation where, yeah. you know, in different ways and, and experience and what that looks like. And, and, um, trauma, not trauma with administrators <laughs> or with coaches, all of that is, is, yeah, yeah. All of that is real, you know? So yeah, it definitely affects dialogue. Yeah. So do you have thoughts on what an administrator can do if a coach doesn't seem to have a solid understanding of their role? So this is kind of coming from the other direction. Totally. Yeah, they need to yeah. get trained. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think like principals should absolutely um, insist that their mm -hmm. coaches mm -hmm. uh, have regular time, mm -hmm. not just for like foundational training, you know, like is it is it doing a webinar online or going to a training, mm -hmm. but also doing professional reading so that they have time in their schedule to do that? Mm -hmm. um, what else? Um, I definitely like. I just actually got the email for um, the conference in Lawrence, Kansas, oh, yes. with Jim Knight. I yeah. just saw that. I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, the conference. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, spend investing, yeah. spending that time, that money, yeah. having a recommendation, mm -hmm. providing. I mean, it's kind of like 
I wonder the scenario in which a coach is hired that does it. Maybe I, I'm not, you know, trying to piece together what the scenario would be in my brain. Um, but definitely uh, that kind of investing in that education, like what connections can the principal make as far as like yeah. coaches in other buildings in the district. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like checking in and have a like, having I those would, regular meetings. I would be like, what'd you learn about coaching this week? What'd yeah. you learn about coaching this week? <laughs> you know, like, tell me, share mm -hmm. it with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely think that that's the number one thing is that coaches need time in order to learn how to do this job. You can't mm -hmm. just expect that like, oh, they, they have the title. That means they know what to do. You said mm -hmm. that in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think as a new coach, uh, going into teachers classrooms can be intimidating yeah. depending on the environment of the school, yeah. the kind of like reputation. And so um, being real clear, once the coach is confident and is trained and like has, you know, is building those skills and can practice kind of that go slow to go fast yeah. thing. So like brainstorm with the coach, like, Hey, where do you want to start? Or like, are you, you know, would you like to do uh, mm -hmm. are you ready to do a deep coaching cycle or like, um, kind of what opportunities have you had? How can I help you increase those opportunities? Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Thank you. So what can coaches do? Cause this is a really common issue that coaches have if they're being asked to do too many non-coaching tasks, like, I mean, you mentioned covering classes. That is, I mean, that's what everybody's like half of their job is this year. There's just real struggle for staffing. So yeah. what can coaches do if they find, like if they're covering classes and doing like data and administrative tasks all day long? It's, well, coaches need to be clear on what coaching is first. Yeah. Because I think that's a, a rookie move I made in the beginning that, you know, I was still learning what coaching is. And so I thought maybe that printing reports and filling in for classrooms was part of coaching. And the more that I understood about coaching, uh, I realized, well, no, that really isn't, that's not ongoing professional development for mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we're our worst enemy mm -hmm. because we're getting sucked into other things we think we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I think just being clear on what coaching is mm -hmm. first before mm -hmm. you can blame anything else. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's kind of like, I'm going to call this the like the COVID, the pandemic need versus yeah. just kind of like yeah. regular building needs that maybe have just kind of always been filled by a person. And now, oh, hey, you don't have a classroom assignment. Yeah. You can do these things. Yeah. And so pandemically speaking, yeah. um, I've had to really just kind of turn my brain to like, the building needs me to cover a class today yeah. because no one else is available to do it. Yeah. And it's going to cause a lot of problems if no one is covering that class yeah. or having another teacher do it, you know, and during the prep, which just, that doesn't feel right to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. So just kind of taking that all in stride and like, if it's kind of a COVID pandemic coverage thing, I got yeah. you. Um, but when it's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, like, can you put together this assembly or can you da 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 da? Um, there's that um, kind of like, how does this align? <laughs> the questions we were talking about earlier, yeah. how does this align with like coaching or, yeah. or, the boundary, like I'd be knowing here's the coaching role. I'd be happy to do this. You know, like what can come off my plate or like, what can we talk about doing with something else? Yeah. Something I say sometimes to a principal, um, even before COVID I was getting, you know, I was getting asked to sub emergency wise for a lot of different reasons. There's a sub shortage well before COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I would frequently just say, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? And I'd say that to myself, but I would also verbalize that to my boss 
And she would have to make the decision. You know, okay, as long as you're clear that I said yes to this, but that means I will not be available to do this because I cannot do both. Mm -hmm. Because I think they're just trying to plug a hole in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we need to be very clear about what our capacity is. Don't just say you can do everything because you can't. That's mm -hmm. that's unreasonable and that will just burn you out. It, it waters down. If it's done yeah. regularly, kind of just, yeah. it then it waters down what, the impact coaching can have and yeah. what people think it is or get an idea in their mind of what it is. And I think truly when I've been in places where it really was there, you know, there was a deep need for me to do a lot of non-coaching responsibilities. And it was really, um, you know, it's like, it's soul sucking a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Cause you're like, I'm a coach. I want to do the coaching things. Mm -hmm. I would try to make a list of the non-coaching tasks I would ask to be do, doing that uh, gave me a little bit of joy, you know, like lunch duty. Playground duty. I love lunch duty. You know. Same. So well, if no I'm gonna be ever okay, I think I'll be the first person ever to say I that. Love recess duty. I yeah. love it. I yeah. really do. I really yeah. And for me, um, I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> but I hate being testing coordinator. Oh, right. You know. Oh, yes. So Correct. so I being really clear also, you know, whether I had a great, uh, you know, uh, working relationship with my principal or not, I was just really clear about that. Listen, mm -hmm. I love lunch duty. You can load me up with that one, but I will not also be testing coordinator. You've got to find somebody else to do that mm -hmm. because I can't do both because then I won't be coaching, mm -hmm. you know? And I even said to my administrator this year, as he's considering a coaching role for next year, I said, uh, do you anticipate that this role is going to be a lot of substituting? <laughs> And a lot of testing coordination, because if so, you're just wasting your money on me. Maybe you need to hire for something else. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just really made it clear to him that I am deeply devoted to what coaching mm -hmm. is about. And mm -hmm. I'm going to work very hard to protect the goals of coaching. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like, why are you paying me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I really like that you brought up that sometimes it's unavoidable. There are things that you're going to have to say yes to. Because like in the district that I was a campus coach in, that was, I mean, our job description included lots of things. They knew yeah. it. This was the district job description. This was yeah. non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And so it included things like data preparation mm -hmm. and had, you know, I mean, we did data meetings with teachers, but we also had to prepare all that or represent it somehow visibly. And, and um, it included lots of, you know, school-wide type project things. And so that did limit the amount of time I could spend in classrooms doing coaching work. So you have to be kind of creative about how you can maximize your, you know, effectiveness there. But sometimes you just, you can't say no, it is part of your role. Mm -hmm. um, and so like whenever, but what you mentioned about if you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. I totally believe that when I was interviewing for that position initially, GT coordinator was not on the job description, but yeah. I knew that they were going to try to pull it away from, it was the council, school counselors had been doing it and they yeah. were pulling it away from them because the previous year, the classroom teacher, I had been asked to be the GT coordinator which was insanity. And I would never do it again. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had to test the kids. It was, it was awful. Yeah. And um, it was, we had a large school, so it was just a ton of kids. Yes. Ugh, unbearable. So then I going in as a coach, I, I sat in that interview and I was like, so what other kinds of responsibilities are you planning on assigning to the coach? And they said a few different things. And I said, is GT coordinator, one of those things? Yeah, uh, because I feel like if I did that, I wouldn't be able to do much of anything else. Mm -hmm. And they said, "Well, we can make sure that that goes to someone else." Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do hear a lot of coaches right now. You know, um, 
pretty upset that that term uh, other duties as assigned yeah. is yeah. in all of our job descriptions. Everybody. But it's also in teachers. It's all, you know, it's in yeah. everybody's. And so yeah. that, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't get a lot mm-hmm. of things handed to us mm-hmm. because we, uh, we appear more free, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. But I think it really is um, within our capacity to at least control it a bit. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, like something I had done early on as a new coach is I was just like, oh, the principal asked me, I guess I have to. Well, guess yeah. what? You don't always, mm-hmm. you can say, you know, there are phrases you can use that, that are not, um, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're yeah. a little bit strategic. Mm-hmm. So I think we can get around that. Yeah, yeah sometimes you can um, if we're very thoughtful about how we yeah. approach it and and we have a reason not just way I really don't want to do that even though that yeah. was a truth of GT coordinating that was yeah. a huge part of it I just didn't want to do it me too yeah. <laughs> and I think it's okay to yeah name name that yeah. we have our our limits on our capacity yeah. and like if if you're asking me to do this just know that this yeah. is or is not going to happen yeah. and like just kind of holding yeah. what we can hold and just yeah. being okay with that yeah mm-hmm. and like that's our professional discretion to yeah. name it and yeah, agree or disagree. Yeah. 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 Um, I saw as I was looking through um, information about your book that one of your coaching dilemmas is the principal relies too heavily on the coach. Mm-hmm. Could you yeah. tell us about what that looks like? Yeah. Cause that's Angela's situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I having had a variety of different titles that meant a variety of different mm-hmm. things that meant pretty much everything. You just always end up on a principal speed dial. Like I got it. <laughs> they like, they know that you're going to be there in an emergency. Right. I, so which, I mean, I will say my it's a compliment. De- it's, it, it's, it's a compliment. My dependability and reliability yeah. have got me places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also burned me out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. like, relies too heavily planning staff meetings, running the PLCs, writing the school improvement plan, yeah. saying yes to hosting a night of this, going on, going to outdoor school when I had like a barely a one-year-old. Yeah. I don't know why I agreed, <laughs> yeah. I, but I just right. did because yeah. we're I, I just did. We're, we're, Ooh, right? That's right. what we're like often in education and mm-hmm. in coaching, like we're there to please people. And mm-hmm. so, and we're so used to just saying, I'll swoop in, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help, Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's really hard to turn that off. And almost looking back on it, almost having the deficit mindset of, well, if I don't do it, nobody will. Yeah. Yeah. And just like taking that on, I will do this. But really, why am I telling myself that I'm the only one can do it? That's limiting, quite frankly, to the opportunities. And and then it, it really starts causing resentment. Yeah. Because here I am, feeling like I'm doing all these things. And now you're asking me to do more things. Yeah. And I can't do them well. Yeah. They're not even things I wanted to do. And now I'm sleeping in a cabin yeah. in the woods <laughs> and there's yeah. a bat in the cabin. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah. it's like, am I a coach or am I a, pr- am I a principal or vice principal basically? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, um, that's that line I think gets blurred so easily mm-hmm. and for a lot of coaches and principals mm-hmm. that, that again, that's why we have to be so clear on what coaching is and mm-hmm. really have confidence to help inform our principal and like what what are what are we here for and also what is our capacity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, schools are so understaffed. Is what yeah. yeah. principals are lonely people. We yeah. you know that sometimes there's only one principal in the mm-hmm. whole building, and mm-hmm. you know they need somebody to talk through problems, mm-hmm. and they also experience all the same emotions that mm-hmm. teachers experience. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, we still have to remember that we have a working relationship and they, we were hired for a very specific job. We're not an administrator to, I mean, maybe mm -hmm. in some other places like coaches are in a more of an executive role like that, mm -hmm. but traditionally an instructional coach is non-evaluative mm -hmm. uh -huh. and they're not doing those other tasks because they're not aligned with the high impact practices that mm -hmm. are going to impact student achievement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that coaches have a real challenge whenever they have that dual role. And I've seen it where they yes. are like halftime um, AP, halftime yes. coach. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, that's so hard. That's oh, yeah. Hard. Yeah, that's a toughie. You know, and, I, and I'll say too, because, uh, you know, working on my administrator's license years ago, a, the coaching role was a great way to get the hours, <laughs> right? And the experience. Yes. But it was definitely a murky place. And I don't think it was healthy for me or for a lot of the people in the school that I worked for, mm -hmm. because um, the first thing that's going to get sacrificed are really is the coaching work. Mm -hmm. It's always the first thing that's mm -hmm. going to get sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm honesty. Um, yeah. You just don't want to be honest with somebody who could evaluate them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, totally. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We talked a little bit about your book, but I would love to hear about what other good stuff we can find in your book and where we can get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, to, I just used it today. <laughs> I literally, yeah. I'm kind of a nerd like this. I keep it on my desk because yeah. I'm well, like, survival guide. So that makes sense. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And I need it every day. <laughs> so just today I had a principal who had emailed, um, you know, it was like just forwarded to a team. Hey, what do you think about doing this workshop? It's after school. It's virtual. It was, I mean, it just, it was obviously he had just read the email um, and had a little shiny object syndrome, which is one of our scenarios. And as soon as I read that email, I felt a little triggered, like, oh, these people are already doing so much work. Why are you asking them to do this other thing that doesn't really feel aligned? And I thought, wait, time out. I just quickly opened to the principal has shiny object syndrome. And there were just a few question stems that I just responded to in an email. I was like, you know, hmm, looks exciting. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain how this fits into the scope of the work? What's the team's capacity for implementing and maintaining new ideas that might arise from this training? And he immediately responded, good point, let's skip it. <laughs> you know, and it was, I think that that really is the goal of our survival guide is we have these really quick in the minute strategies. We're not saying that what we have in the book is deep coaching. It's not a shortcut to getting foundational training from Elena Aguilar or Jim Knight or any of, you know, new teacher center, wherever mm -hmm. you get your coaching training. But the idea is that there's got to be some sort of survival guide or ticket that is um, approaching like that gap between mm -hmm. theory and actually real life mm -hmm. school coaching. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What else? Do you have a favorite scenario? Um, I was just thinking about this and I literally, I think it's the first one. It's kind of like you're new to a building and like yeah. almost every year I, I kind of, in a way, feel yeah. like I'm new to a building. I've yeah. been in like four or five schools now. I can't even remember. Yeah. And so there's always that new piece or yeah. there's new teachers. And so the, the like, uh, just the first one, it's a uh, coach is new and needs to quickly build relationships and establish cred credibility. Cause yeah. those are like key parts of coaching. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of those uh, one-on-one things, just mm -hmm. like checklists. I love checklists. Yeah. And so we literally modeled this book. I went to Pals that one day and yeah. sent you screenshots yeah. of like we just survival really guides. Us. Yeah, yeah, and we so. really did look at wilderness survival yeah. guides um, as our inspiration to think like you are out there in the field. <laughs> <laughs> you got to build a fire. You got to trap a bear. I don't know. 
And so our book is, is really structured into four main areas, which mm -hmm. are um, like scenarios just specifically for the coach, mm -hmm. um, uh, scenarios for working with teachers, scenarios working with principal, and then also um, chapter four is about teams. And then in the very back, we have an appendix that has a lot of tools that are referenced. Um, we're really into protocols mm -hmm. um, with teams mm -hmm. or protocols and meetings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think in each scenario as well, uh, we have like a, just a quick, like, here's a, a quick article, or you probably already have this coaching mm -hmm. book on your shelf. Mm -hmm. So go to page 94, mm -hmm. or here's a quick YouTube video you can mm -hmm. watch. Um, just mm -hmm. so that if you're in the moment feeling, um, like you're stuck, you have somewhere to go, mm -hmm. you know, with multiple plans to mm -hmm. work you through it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I like the term uh, you used it, the escape hatch. Yeah. Like it, it it's for when things aren't going pull, well. Pull the, pull the lever. Escape hatch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we really tried to make it super chunked, super like, yeah. here's a section on this, yeah. a section on that. Um, yeah. With really readable, really digestible and like not reading it cover to cover, you know, yeah. just like. Yeah, no has time. Go to the point to that just you need. sit and read a book, right? That's yeah. the first thing we always hear. So something you could just open. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is such, so helpful for coaches. Um, so how can people find you to learn more if they want to follow you somewhere, learn more about what you say, what you do? Yeah, I think we're pretty active. Well, I'm, I'm active. Our, our book is very active on Twitter, which yeah. is, um, or you can find me on Twitter, the real Lindsay Deacon. Mm -hmm. And on Instagram, you can just look us up the edge of coach survival guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where I follow you. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, um, we're actually working on a second edition of the book right now. It's an expanded, so there'll be more scenarios and we're just mm -hmm. kind of like cleaning it up because the book initially got published in the summer of 2020, mm -hmm. which at the time we were like, <laughs> Oh no, like now we can't get together and like share our book. And then it's like, Oh wow. A survival guide in 2020. That was pretty on point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we've just yeah. really found from talking with so many coaches that there are so many new scenarios mm -hmm. that have popped up as a result of like the last two years in wow. education. Mm -hmm. So we have to, we just have to make mm -hmm. a bigger version. Yep. And we're self-published on Amazon. So yeah. you can find us on Amazon. Yep. That's where we, All right. that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Appreciate it. We appreciate the platform and the amplification and the support. So awesome. Oh my gosh, coaches, weren't they just the best? <laughs> I think that this seems like such a, an accessible, easy to use tool that you can like keep it on your desk, keep it handy in your bag and turn to the page whenever you have some problem solving to do, because don't we have a lot of problem solving to do? <laughs> Crazy. I do have a few more episodes for you that might help you think a little bit more about this topic. You can go back and listen to episode 66, creating a coaching culture, culture with JC Ippolito. And in that episode, we talk about a little bit about the principal relationship with a coach and how that builds that coaching culture. I also have episode 72, leveraging the principal coach relationship with Angela Kelly. That's a really good one to help you dig in a little further to that coaching principal relationship and think about how you can use it to impact your school. And episode 96 I wanted to share it because we talked a little bit about saying no. And so earlier in this season, during our productivity month, I actually had an episode about three times to say no. So I want you to listen to episode 96. If you feel like you're saying yes to all the things and you have way too much on your plate and you don't really know what to do about it, that's a really good uh, practical episode for you. 
I have a free startup course for you. So if you're a new coach or if you're a coach who's just getting started again this year, maybe you're starting over at a new school or you just want to do things a little differently, you can grab this free email startup course at buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 116. That's episode 116. You can grab this email course by entering your email address at the bottom of the blog post there at the show notes, and it'll send you daily emails for like a week or two to help you get certain things set up. So you're totally prepared this year for your coaching foundations. I also have a new resource that's out called the first 20 days of coaching. You can grab that in my TPT store, Chrissy Beltran, Buzzing with Miss B. So you go to teacherspayteachers.com, search for Chrissy Beltran or Buzzing with Miss B. Both of them will work and look for first 20 days of coaching in my store. This includes a calendar. It includes a planner that you can use to figure out what your first 20 days of coaching will look like and some tools that will help you do all of the things you need to do over the first 20 days. It's a really great tool to get you started, whether you're new to a campus, new to coaching, or even if you're at an existing, at your same existing school, but you wanna try something a little bit different this year and see how it goes. So check that out, that's first 20 days of coaching. In episode 117 next week, we're going to talk with a coach in the field about how they use a coaching menu to share their supports with teachers and how to get teachers involved in coaching work. So check back next week. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.